Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you, story time with Buster. We are in the final quest, Rick Joyner's original book upon uh, these visionary writings. The chapter we are in is called The Return of the Eagles. We are going to pick this up again right now and finish this chapter beginning with The Treasures of Heaven. I already loved the eagle so much that I could hardly stand to leave him. I was glad to know I would see him again. Now the door was drawing me like a magnet. I opened it and entered. The glory that I beheld was so stunning that I immediately fell to my knees. The gold, silver, and precious stones were far more beautiful than can be described. They actually rivaled the glory of the tree of life. The room was so large it seemed to be without end. The floor was silver, the pillars were gold, and the ceiling was like a single pure diamond that reflected every color I had ever known and many that I had not known. Angels without number were all around, dressed in various robes and uniforms that were of no earthly origin. As I began to walk through the room, the angels all bowed in salute. One stepped forward and welcomed me by name. He explained that I could go anywhere in the room and see anything I wanted. Nothing was withheld from those who came through the door. I was so overwhelmed by the beauty that I could not even speak. I finally remarked that this was even more beautiful than the garden had been. Surprised, the angel responded, This is the garden. This is one of the rooms in your father's house. We are your servants. As I walked, a great company of angels followed me. I turned and asked the leader why they were following. Because of the mantle, he said, we have been given to you to serve you here and in the battle to come. I did not know what to do with the angels, so I just continued walking. I was attracted to a large blue stone that appeared to have the sun and clouds inside of it. When I touched it, the same feelings flooded over me as when I had eaten the fruit of the tree of life. I felt energy, unearthly mental clarity, and a love for everyone and everything. I started to behold the glory of the Lord. The longer I touched the stone, the more the glory increased. I never wanted to take my hand off the stone, but the glory became so intense that I finally had to draw away. Then my eyes fell on a beautiful green stone. What does that one have in it? I asked the angel standing nearby. All of these stones are the treasures of salvation. You are now touching the heavenly realm, and that one is the restoration of life, he continued. As I touched the green stone, I began to see the earth in rich and spectacular colors. They grew in richness the longer I had my hand on the stone, and my love for all that I saw also grew. I began to see a harmony among all living things, on a level that I had never seen before. Then I began to see the glory of the Lord in the creation. It began to grow until I again had to step away because of the intensity, losing track of time. It occurred to me that I had no idea how long I had been there. I did know that my comprehension of God and His universe had grown substantially as I merely touched these two stones, and there were many, many more to touch. There was more in that one room than a person could have absorbed in a whole lifetime. How many more rooms are there? I asked the angel. There are rooms like this on every level of the mountain you climbed. How can one ever experience all that is in just one of these rooms, much less all of them? I asked. You have forever to do this. The treasures contained in the most basic truths of the Lord Jesus are enough to last for more lifetimes than you can measure. No man can know all there is to know about any of them in just one lifetime, but you must take what you need and keep proceeding towards your destiny. I started thinking about the impending battle again, and the warriors who had been captured. 
It was not a pleasant thought in such a glorious place, but I knew I would have forever to come back to this room. I had only a short time to find my way back to the top of the mountain and then back to the battlefront again. I turned back to the angel and said, You must help me find the door that leads to the top. The angel looked perplexed. We are your servants, he responded, but you must lead us. This whole mountain is a mystery to us. We all desired to look into the great mystery, but after we leave this room, we will be learning even more than you. Do you know where all the doors are, I asked? Yes, but we do not know where they lead. There are some that look very inviting, some that are plain, and some that are actually repulsive. One is even terrible. In this glorious place there are doors that are repulsive, I asked in disbelief, and one that is terrible? How can that be? We do not know, but I can show it to you, he responded. Please do, I said. We walked for quite a while, passing treasures of unspeakable glory, all of which were difficult to bypass. There were also many doors with different biblical truths over each one. When the angel had called them inviting, I felt that he had quite understated their appeal. I badly wanted to go through each one, but my curiosity about the terrible door kept me moving. Then I saw it. Terrible had also been an understatement. Fear gripped me until I thought it would take my breath away. Gethsemane. I turned away from the door and quickly retreated. There was a beautiful red stone nearby which I almost lunged at to lay my hands on. Immediately I was in the garden of Gethsemane, beholding the Lord in prayer. The agony I beheld was even more terrible than the door I had just seen. Shocked, I jerked my hand away from the stone and fell to the floor in exhaustion. I wanted so badly to return to the blue or green stones but I had to regain my energy and my sense of direction. The angels were quickly all around me, serving me. I was given a drink that began to revive me. Soon I was feeling well enough to stand and began walking back to the other stones. However, the recurring vision of the Lord praying finally compelled me to stop. What was that back there, I asked. When you touch the stones, we are able to see a little of what you see and feel a little of what you feel, said the angel. We know that all these stones are great treasures and the revelations they contain are priceless. We beheld for a moment the agony of the Lord before his crucifixion, and we briefly felt what he felt that terrible night. It is hard for us to understand how our God could ever suffer like that. It makes us appreciate much more what an honor it is to serve the men for whom he paid such a terrible price. The angel's words were like lightning bolts straight to my soul. I had fought in the great battle. I had climbed to the top of the mountain. I had become so familiar with the spiritual realm that I had hardly noticed the angels anymore, and I could speak on nearly equal terms with the great eagles. Yet I could not bear to share even a moment with the sufferings of the Lord without wanting to flee to more pleasurable experience. I should not be here, I almost shouted. I, more than anyone, deserve to be a prisoner of the evil one. Sir, the angel said apprehensively, we understand that no one is here because he deserves it. You are here because you were chosen before the foundation of the world for a purpose. We do not know what your specific purpose is, but we know that it is very great for everyone on this mountain. Thank you, I replied. You are helpful. My emotions are being greatly stretched by this place, and they tend to overcome my understanding. You are right. No one is here because he is worthy. Truly, the higher we climb on this mountain, the more unworthy we are to be here and more grace we need to stay. How did I ever make it to the top the first time? Grace, my angel responded. If you want to help me, I said, please keep repeating that word to me whenever you see me in confusion or despair. 
I am coming to understand that word better than any other. Now I must go back to the red stone, I continued. I know, sir. With the red stone now in your heart, I do not believe that will continue to be the case, the leader offered with uncharacteristic confidence. Judgment's door. I leaned against the wall, thinking that the eagle was not here when I needed him the most. He had gone this way before, and would know which door to choose. But I knew he would not come back, and I knew it was right that I choose. As I pondered my options, the terrible door was the only one I could think of. Out of curiosity, I decided to go back and look at it. I had departed from it so fast the first time that I had not even noticed which truth it represented. As I approached it, I could feel the fear welling up inside me, but not nearly as intensely as the first time. Unlike the other doors, it was very dark around this one, and I had to get very close to read the truth written over it. Mildly surprised, I read, The Judgment Seat of Christ. Why is this truth so fearful? I asked aloud, knowing that the angels would not answer me. As I continued looking at it, I knew that it was the one I had to go through. There are many reasons it is fearful, the familiar voice of the eagle responded. I am very glad you came back, I replied. Have I made a poor choice? No, you have chosen well, the eagle assured me. This door will take you back to the top of the mountain faster than any other. It is fearful because the greatest fear in the creation has its source through that door. The greatest wisdom that men can know in this life or in the life to come is also found through that door. Even so, very few will go through it. But why is this door so dark, I asked. The light of these doors reflects the attention of the church it's presently giving to the truth behind them. The truth behind that door is one of the most neglected of these times, yet it is one of the most important. You will understand when you enter, the greatest authority that men can receive will be entrusted only to those who will go through this door. When you see Christ Jesus sitting on, on this throne, you will be prepared to sit with him on it too. Then this door would not be so dark and foreboding if we had just given more attention to the truth, I asked. That is correct. If men knew the glory that is revealed behind that door, it would be one of the most brilliant, the eagle lamented. However, it is still a difficult door to pass through. I was told to return and encourage you because soon you will need it. You will see a greater glory, but also a greater terror than you have ever known. Because you have chosen the difficult way now, it will be much easier for you later. Because you are willing to face this hard truth now, you will not suffer loss later. Many love to know his kindness, but very few are willing to know his severity. If you do not embrace both, you will always be in danger of deception and of a fall from this great place. I know that I would never come here if I had not spent the time I, I did at the Red Stone. How could I keep trying to take the easy way when that is so contrary to the nature of the Lord, I asked. But now you have chosen, so go quickly, the eagle told me. Another great battle is about to begin, and you are needed at the front, he said. As I looked at the eagle and saw the great resoluteness in his eyes, my confidence grew. Finally, I turned toward the door. We're going to pull that one to a close right here. We are going to uh, continue next week in chapter 4 with the White Throne. It is a great chapter, I guarantee you. You are going to enjoy what's coming. I hope you're enjoying where we've been. This is uh, some powerful, powerful teachings. Uh, it is it is definitely being presented in such a way that, that does cause us to question and cause us to uh, think outside the box of what all that we've been taught 
that door, that terrible door, the fact that it's so dark simply because we, the church, are unwilling to truly seek all of God. We're always looking for his handouts. We're always looking for his goodness. But we also have to understand that there is a judgment. There's a severity. There's a wrath of God. And we're not subject to that wrath as long as we're surrendered to him. But we've got to embrace it. and We've got to accept all sides of God, not just the ones that we like. It's kind of like scripture. You don't want to just pick and choose. You want to absorb them all because it's all his truth. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Thank you so much for following along. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us financially, man, we would greatly appreciate that. You can find all of our giving links on our webpage, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. You can also find that pinned right to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, lovely story of Rhonda and I has, in our journey in where God is leading us. We know there's more. We know there's more to come. We're excited to see the, the doors that God leads us through, uh, seeking his, his will and our choices. Pray that you do as well. Please continue to pray with us, pray for us, pray with us as we journey along life's path. Amen. God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.